The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, everybody. This is Galen McDowell. I'm the executive minister and senior assistant minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, We've been having a good time working with this book, The Five Choices, and I'm hoping that it's giving you an opportunity to reevaluate how you do some things because it does make a difference how you personally manage your attention, your decision-making, and your energy. It makes all the difference in the world. And one of the things that we have been seeking to do in this series, or I have been seeking to do in this series and help you to do, is to make sure that you actually work more efficiently to give yourself the opportunity to be more efficient, to give yourself an opportunity to accomplish more with the same amount of time. And that requires a management of your energy, not just physical energy, which we're going to talk a little bit about today, but also the management of your attention, the management of what pulls your attention, what pulls your interest, what pulls Uh, your decision-making, how do you get away from all of the little things that pull away from your mental energy and makes you less effective? As I've been talking about in this course, this book is based upon Stephen Covey's four quadrants, and that's important to recognize because when you understand what these four quadrants are and how they work, it makes a difference because it allows you to say to yourself, What quadrants am I living in consistently? What quadrants am I living in in, at work, at home, with my family, in my marriage, or however it, it needs to work? What quadrant am I working in? Because when you get that part of the process, it will make all the difference in the world. You need to recognize the four quadrants 
you know, remember we talked about urgent and not urgent, important and not important. So the quadrant one was urgent and important. That's the crises. That's the pressing problems. That's the deadline-driven projects. Those are the things that have to be done. That's crisis mode. You don't want to live there often. There are going to be times in life where that has to be happened, where something has to be turned around immediately, where everything else has to be dropped, and you have to deal with that situation immediately. Sometimes that's at work. Sometimes that's with your home. Sometimes that's with your friends and family. Emergencies happen. Absolutely. But you don't want to be in a situation where you're living like that all the time because that won't produce the most efficient version of you. There's no other way for me to say that. It won't produce the most efficient version of you. Why? Because you're always in reaction mode. So even if you're highly skilled, you're always in reaction mode. It's, it's sort of... It's sort of like, you know, I'm a sports fan and, you know, the 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 coach prepares the team. Say, for instance, you're, you're playing football and you play it. You plan the game plan. You create a game plan for the game. Now, there could be situations and circumstances where for whatever reason, the game plan doesn't work. The other team out coaches you. They have a better strategy. Sometimes they have better players. Sometimes some of your key players get hurt. And then that means you have to shift over to quadrant one because now you have to react. And next thing you know, the quarterback is throwing the ball all over the place. The defense is blitzing for those who are familiar with American football because I realize that in some countries football is what we call soccer. But the point that I'm making is this. That's an emergency situation. But you can't plan to play like that week after week after week after week. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to have a solid game plan. You have to have, as a team, you have to have balance. You have to focus on your strengths. You have to know what you're doing. And that requires attention. That requires planning. So even in the sports arena, they tell you, focus on quadrant two, which is important, not urgent. Important, not urgent. And I'm giving you this review because I want to make sure that uh, after this uh, session. I think we'll have one more, one or two more, two more sessions on this uh, book. Yeah, two more. I want to make sure that we're drilling home what's necessary. In Quadrant 2, you know, that's where you plan. That's where you do your relationship building. That's where you recognize new opportunities. That's where you put your structure. That's where you vision. Uh, you catch the higher vision and you start to put structure around it from uh, uh, a metaphysical standpoint, that's where you're putting together your mental constructs, your mental equivalents. What do I mean by mental equivalent? That's your clarity of thought and your conviction of feeling. You're preparing your mind for what it is that you say you desire. And then you're putting the plan behind it to make it so. So, for instance, you are praying for something, you're speaking the words, you're holding the mental equivalent, the clarity of thought and the conviction of feeling, and now you're you're in the space to where you might receive ideas, guidance, and opportunities to follow through on what you receive from spirit. But you have to have time for that process. This is where you do your research. This is where you do your team building. This is where you do your self-development. 
This is where you get better. This is where your team gets better. This is where your family gets better. This is where you plan the things that make sense. This is how you plan to take your children and your family to Disney World. This is where you plan to make sure that you know all of the intricate things that happen in your business to be most successful. This is where you do your evaluation. Sometimes people don't stop and look and see what not only is working, but what is working the best. What is working the best? It's easy to say, okay, this works, but is the is it the most efficient way to do something? We have to, as much as we possibly can, stay in quadrant two. If you want an efficient life, stay in quadrant two. And again, I've told people who are following this series, whether you want to do it or not, to get the book, The Five Choices, because I can only give so much. I can only read so many pages out of the book. It's a fantastic book. And I want to make sure that you give yourself the best opportunity to win. So you have to plan the things that are most important to you. We covered a lot of that already, but this is a little review on just this time management part of the book. Because if you get this part, everything else will come together. Stephen Covey uh, wrote, the challenge is not to manage time, but to manage ourselves. I want to repeat that for you. The challenge is not to manage time, but to manage ourselves. So it's really not time management. Why? Because time is time. Everybody gets 24 hours a day. The question is, what are you going to do with the time that you have? That's the key. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to be efficient? Are you going to stay in quadrant two? where you are building, intentionally building the life that you desire. As Reverend Ike used to say, you must be definite with the infinite. We have to be mindful of those type of things. Even when you read the gospel stories where Jesus was dealing with people, he would ask people, do you believe? Do you believe? In other words, okay, this isn't a reaction thing. Where's your consciousness? Where's your intention? You're asking me to do this, but do you believe it's possible? Because he had to pull people to intentional thinking. And then there's quadrant three, which is urgent, but not important. Urgent, but not important. These are the interruptions. These are, you know, some of the calls you get that just throw you off. These are meetings that could be covered by email. These are activities that sometimes just pop up and even though even if they're popular even even if they're fun they might not necessarily be what you need to be doing in the moment so really quadrant three shows up as distractions i mentioned earlier on an earlier show that i've had to get to the point to where i had to turn off the notifications for all my social media you know, I'm not getting notifications for Facebook or my Facebook Messenger or Instagram or Twitter. Why? Because I found that as I was doing things, sometimes it just ends up being in a situation where the interruptions just keep coming. And sometimes people 
are well-meaning. You know, I have buddies of mine. We have our own Facebook messenger groups where we can send each other messages. But sometimes I could be in a situation where I'm working on something, and even if my phone is on vibrate, it's just vibrating, or my screen is lighting up. Or, of course, it could be giving whatever dings, notifications that pop up. Just because two of the three or three of the four friends are in the midst of a conversation on Facebook Messenger or on another one of my direct messages. And those type of things can end up being distractions. Sometimes family texts. Sometimes you have to put them on do not disturb until you're finished doing what you're doing. Because people could just be in a situation where they're communicating with each other. Now, I'll be the first to admit I'm not a fan of group text at all. At all, I recognize the necessity for them sometimes, but not to have just conversations or somebody posts something and everybody responds with, yup, thank you, that's right, okay. And next thing you know, you have an extra 20 notifications from one text. These are the interruptions. These are the calls that come when you're in the midst of seeking to produce something. You can have people, as I've said before, urgent but not important, where you're trying to spend quality time with your significant other or with your children or your parents. You're trying to get that work project done. You're trying to get your homework done. You're trying to do something that really matters. That's a quandra two thing. And then all of a sudden you slide over to quandra three because something distracted you. You know, you can go out and you can see people eating dinner, going out and hanging out with each other. And they're not with each other. Sometimes they're more interested with what's happening on the phone and who's communicating with them through the phone than they are with the people that's actually in front of them talking to them. Now, I'm not saying you can never stop and respond to text, respond to whatever. And sometimes you might have jobs like mine where sometimes people are waiting on your decision before they can do what they need to do. And I get all of that completely. But you have to find a balance. You have to find a balance. That's why I turned the notifications off on my phone. And at night, at a certain time, my do not disturb comes on automatically until a certain time in the morning. Why? Because people will randomly text me. People will randomly put stuff in my Facebook messenger or some other whatever. And my phone will just start binging, binging. I don't even have email notifications on my phone anymore. I intentionally go in to check my emails. Why? Because they never end. Then there's quandra four. Quandra four, which is not urgent, not important. And let me just go back to the quandra three thing, because it was something I wanted to say that I forgot to say. Somebody else's urgency is not your emergency. Make sure you write that down. Someone else's urgency is not your emergency. Because somebody else's lack of planning, somebody else's lack of attention to detail, somebody else's cavalier attitude around handling their own business can then turn into your business if you're not careful. There's no other way for me to say it. I've seen situations or circumstances where people have gotten themselves into a quandary, gotten themselves into a situation that's difficult to get out. And then they want me to rescue them. And 
uh, you have to be mindful about it. Now, obviously, if it's a situation, a circumstance that can be addressed later, because sometimes a lot of those things can't be addressed immediately anyway. Or two, they want you, me, or whoever to stop what we're doing and address their issue right now. They need advice right then. And sometimes it's an emergency. And of course, as a minister and as a friend and as a family member, I want to make sure that if it's a quandary one situation for them, then I'm going to be there because I'm, I believe in being there for people. But be careful that people aren't stopping you from accomplishing what you need to accomplish because they are dealing with quandary three things. You have to evaluate, which is a quandary two process. When a person is bringing drama and trauma to you, is this a legitimate quadrant one situation that will require me to stop doing what I'm doing? Or is this a quadrant three situation that I can deal with later and plan to do it later, which now turns it into a a potential quadrant two situation? These are things that you have to evaluate. These are things that you have to think about. These are things that you need to be mindful of. Now, let's deal with Quandra 4. Quandra 4 is not urgent, not important. This is the trivial busy work, the time wasters, and the overextension of pleasant activities. What what do I mean by overextension? Where where now it's out of bounds. So like, okay, yes, get your sleep, which I'm going to talk about later. But, you know, have you ever been... Have you ever laid in the bed so long that you got tired of laying down? Because you were asleep, you were in bed too long. Your body needs to get up. It needs to get moving. Your mind needs to get active. You know, sometimes, you know, you look up and you slept all day. You had more than eight hours sleep. You had 10 hours of sleep. And then you still just stay in the bed until, you know, the mid-afternoon. And then you get out and you be like, man, my body's sore. I feel tired. You know, you don't feel like doing something. You think it's because you need more rest. And really what it means is your body and mind need to get active. So be careful of pleasant activities that last too long because it might pull you away from doing quadrant two things. Now, I'm a big believer in planning your rest. I'm a big believer in sleep. I am not a big believer in overextending things beyond their functionality. Trivial busy work. It's sort of like, um, to use the analogy of the military, and I've had, you know, I have several family members who are in the military uh, right now, and uh, one of the things that they sometimes have people do is march in place. Now, you can march in place for three hours, but you're not going anywhere. Sometimes that's how we do trivial work. We do things that are not efficient. We do things that are not effective. We do things that won't give us the most bang for our time. So we're busy doing trivial work. You know, one of the things that I often tell uh, people uh, in the business world is be careful that you're not doing things that uh, you shouldn't be doing at work. And what do I mean by that is some people... uh, are their their decision making and and what they bring to the table can be minimized by doing trivial work. Now, I'm not saying that trivial work is not necessary. I'm saying trivial busy work. In other words, you're just keeping yourself busy but not necessarily being highly efficient. Sometimes um, Quandra Ford just shows up as you know 
my brain is tired because you're so busy working in quadrant one and quadrant three. Uh, and sometimes it's just from, you know, having a very aggressive quadrant two agenda that you stop and you just get, you know, you check your Facebook and next thing you know, you've been scrolling for the last 45 to 50 minutes. That's quadrant four. It's not important and it's not urgent. I'm not saying don't go check your social media. I'm saying, but have you ever gotten lost in your social media? Have you ever just gotten lost just clicking on stuff, gossip stuff, uh, on, you know, gossip pages on social media? Or, or have you ever just gotten stuck, you know, watching TV? You're not even really watching it. It's just kind of on. And you just kind of get just lost in TV show after TV show after TV show after TV show. Again, I'm not saying don't watch the shows you like to watch, but plan it. Make it a part of your quandary, too. Like, okay, on Wednesday nights, I watch whatever, you know, whatever the show it is. I watch this from this to this. Or I record it and I watch it later or whatever. And I'm not saying every minute of your day has to be so structured that you have no surprises no um no you know no what's the word i want to use spontaneity and no creativity what i am saying is as stephen covey stated the challenge is not to manage time but to manage ourselves are you stuck in trivial busy work that's important you know not urgent and not important you know as a as a person who is who's pretty much managed people pretty much my whole adult life one of the things that i have to be mindful of is making sure that that i don't allow other people to get caught in trivial busy work while they're at least on the company's dime why because if they're on the team that they're because the leader, the owner, the boss, the CEO believes that they have the talents necessary to make the company better, to make the company more efficient. Therefore, we have to be careful that we're not just stuck in trivial business work and time wasters. When you're dealing with your your um, quadrant four situations or circumstances, sometimes in, in home environments and family environments, People are bringing up and, and wanting to argue and debate about not urgent and not important stuff, even to the point to where they will wreck a relationship, create family drama and trauma over something that's not urgent and not important. So just be careful about how you are managing yourself and Really get clear about how often you are living in each quadrant. We all dip in and out of these quadrants. All of us do. No one person lives in quadrant two all the time. Not even the people who wrote the book. The question is, am I aware when I slip out of effectiveness? Am I aware? I've often said on this podcast, one of the secrets to spiritual growth is finding out how quickly you recalibrate when you get off. 
everybody's going to get off. You know, this is the real meaning. You know, the, you know, churches taking statements and they've just kind of warped them. But when the Apostle Paul wrote, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, all that means is nobody is humanly perfect. What is perfect? Even in the, in the Bible, it says, you know, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Uh, the Aramaic Bible scholar, Dr. Rocco Errico and other Aramaic Bible experts say, even though, you know, we got the Bible, you know, Aramaic words written in Greek, translated into Latin and into English and various versions will tell you that that word perfect means mature or it can mean all inclusive. So we're being asked to be mature. Mature. Are you mature with your management of yourself so you can maximize the time that you have? How often are you living in quadrant two? How often are you in quadrant two at work where you're doing the things that create efficiency, which are based on planning, which is based on structure, which is based upon having a system. It makes a difference. It makes all the difference in the world when you recognize that you can be intentional. It's one of the reasons why when I preach, many times I give homework. You know, this past Sunday when I you know, did the Palm Sunday lesson from Christ Universal Temple, which you can check on our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple, or uh, on YouTube, which on our page, CU Temple, CU, the word temple together, or on our website, www.cutemple.org. One of the things I did was I gave people homework in preparation for Easter. You know, I asked everyone to read, uh, you know, the Gospel of John chapters 14 through 17 to help get into the consciousness of Jesus. That's a quadrant two activity. I asked everyone to read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7, to get into the consciousness of Jesus. What did he teach? What was he about? Really? I asked everyone to read the chapters, uh, The Secret Place of the Most High, and Finding the Secret Place in the book, Lessons and Truth. Why? Because people have to understand and study what does it mean to be centered in God, to go into a a deeper understanding and relationship with the presence of God within their own being. And, and as you study it and practice it, you got to study it to practice it. How are you going to practice something that you don't know, that you haven't studied, that you haven't evaluated, that you haven't put any critical thinking to? Then I had everyone say an affirmation every uh, seven times a day. All of those things are quadrant two exercises to prepare the mind for Resurrection Sunday, not just the resurrection of Jesus, but the resurrection of your own good in your individual life. So we got to take a break and I'll be right back with Truth Transform. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Let me give my quick commercial. I gave the church information out earlier, but I do want to just remind you that you can tune in every Sunday to our live stream while it's actually happening live. Um, Sunday mornings, 1030 a.m. Central Time uh, at our Facebook page, on our website or on our YouTube page. I also want to remind you that we have Facebook Live lessons, 12 uh, p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. I know, excuse me, I normally do them Wednesdays and Fridays, but sometimes I switch it up if I have to switch with uh, the other two presenters. We also have a consciousness building call on Thursday nights at 6 p.m. You can go to the church website or the Facebook page for more information on the collective consciousness call to get the number if you want to call in. Uh, Reverend Wells has a Facebook show called Temple Talks on seven p- at 7 p.m. Central Time. Just put in Rev. Derek Wells and it'll pop right back up. I want to remind everyone also that this April is Reverend Wells' 10th anniversary as a senior minister of our church. So we're going to be having some exciting things that we're going to be announcing really soon, including on April 25th having an outdoor service on the parking lot where we build a big stage. We did this last year. And it really landed really well. We we have a full service music. We have people park their cars every other parking space. They can pull their lawn chairs out their seats or whatever, and enjoy the service. It's uh, you know it's it's a great time. So if you're in the Chicagoland area and you want to worship with someone outside, and you know still maintain your social distance, still maintain your safety, and still be a part of a worship experience, come to Christ Universal Temple on April 25th at 10.30 a.m. and be a part of our outdoor 10th anniversary service for the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells. Also, just be reminded that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you go on the page, you like the page rather, write a positive review and give it a five-star rating. Also, if you listen to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, whatever those things are, give it a positive review and give it a five-star rating if it, if it allows you to do those type of ratings. Why? Because it helps with the algorithms. With The more you share it, the more you comment, the more you give it ratings, positive ratings, the more the algorithms will put it in front of people who have, uh, based upon their search history, would be open and receptive to this type of message. All right. So choice five is fuel your fire, don't burn out. Fuel your fire, don't burn out. And what it's basically saying is that constant stress, poor diet, lack of exercise, and sleep lead to burnout. All right. Constant stress, poor diet, lack of exercise, and sleep lead to burnout. And what we have to do is we have to flip it to what they call the five energy drivers, which are adequate movement, proper diet, sleep, relaxation, and positive social connections. Your brain is your number one asset in a knowledge work world. Fuel it properly. Now let's deal with this for a moment because this is going to be a really important point. Your brain 
when it's when you're intentionally using it, the front part of your brain can sometimes, based upon the science, science scientists, doctors who study the brain, will say can use up to twenty percent of your bodily energy. Sometimes you wonder, like, man, why am I tired? You've been using your brain, and it takes energy to be a critical thinker. It takes energy to evaluate. It takes energy to focus. It takes energy to plan. Therefore, it's necessary to make sure that you're taking care of your body, fuel your fire, don't burn it out, and that includes your brain. So how are some of the ways in which we can feed our brains? First one is adequate movement. Everybody needs to have some level of exercise regimen, even if it's something as simple as walk around the block walk 30 minutes on a treadmill you know you go some people have treadmills in their homes that are never used you know uh you know i I never forget hearing i think it was les brown talk about you know years ago about buying a treadmill and it just sat there next you know he was hanging clothes on it and things of that nature uh you know he said it in a funny way but in a real way that happens every day it happens every day where you can get so used to just working and taking care of your responsibilities that you don't adequately move. Now think about it. Most people now uh, drive to where they have to go. The body wasn't meant to walk outside your house or apartment, get into a, a car, your garage, or the, or the you know walk to the to the uh, street, get in the car and go, go to wherever you go to, pull up in the closest parking space you can find, get out, do the same, et cetera to where your body is barely moving. You have to move it. You have to challenge it, the muscles and the joints. When you don't, they they get weaker. And then uh, it requires so much energy just to get everything rolling downhill. You have to move it. When you're at work, you know, some, some uh, scientists and doctors are saying that if you even if you work out in the morning and then you go, to work and you are sitting for eight hours. You're negating the work that was done. You have to get up and go walk. One of the, you know, I used to always love to see um, our former comptroller, uh, Walter, who would every day he worked, he would get here about 8, 8.30 in the morning. And around lunchtime, he would get up, he would change his clothes, and he would walk around our 32-acre campus. Christ Universal Temple is a 32-acre campus with three buildings. And it's the church. It's our elementary school, uh, which is now owned by the Chicago Public School, but it's still named the Johnny Coleman Academy and our banquet facility. And he would do it every day, no matter the temperature. The only time he would not go outside uh, would be in absolute pouring rain or uh, or blizzards where it was, wasn't safe to do so. And then he would do it inside the church. He would just take more time to make sure he got whatever amount of steps or reps he had to get in. And he would walk around the building every day because he was doing hard business work and numbers work. And he wanted to make sure that he kept himself healthy. And I often uh, joke with him that he has the uh, thinnest waist of any guy ever like, because he was, you know, he was a ridiculous shape all the time when he was working here. Now, um, 
if you're working all day, you have to stop and give your brain a break. One of the things that I learned really early when I first had first started being responsible for other people at a job was to take my lunch and take my breaks and as much as I possibly could. Uh, it was a complete heartbreak. I used to work in grocery before I started working in church. And what I would do is um, when I realized that even if I was on lunch or on one of my breaks and the phone calls came, I need to speak to the manager. I need to find out whatever uh, an employee needed this or that or whatever. I was discovering that my lunch and break times were being consumed with phone calls and other people's needs, even while I was trying to eat or rest or whatever. So I made it a rule after a while that I would never eat lunch at um, in my uh, in the in the the stores, you know, uh, what they call the dining area. Never. So I would leave because normally grocery stores are in areas where they also have little small fast food restaurants or whatever. And I would just go, go somewhere else and eat lunch, buy a newspaper, take my brain off of, off of whatever was going on in that, that day, just to pull myself away from the work. No one could call me. Sometimes that meant go sit in my car for a break. Why? It was getting up getting out, taking my brain off of, you know, whatever was happening and allowing my brain to reboot, allowing my energy to reboot. Remember, it's fill your fire, don't burn out. And to this day, uh, you know, that's a rule that I believe in. You know, often when I watch loved ones who who work uh, and they don't, plan lunches, they don't plan breaks, they don't plan opportunities to turn their brains off for a moment. I notice how stressed they are at the end of the day. Because they haven't, you know, because like, okay, I got to maximize the moment. I get maximize the moment. But your most valuable commodity is your mind. And your brain is the physical expression of your mental faculties. Now, as a metaphysical thinker, I believe mind is in every cell of your body. But let's just stay at the physical level for a moment. Your brain is valuable. It is the most valuable commodity from the standpoint of everything runs from it. Everything is connected to the brain. And you can't be efficient if your brain is tired. Now, let's talk about the body and the brain. With So, so Get you some type of exercise regimen, even if it's get up and walk. And while you're at work, take time to get up, walk, walk around for a few minutes, shake it off, and then get back to work. Give yourself an opportunity to pull away from the, from the computer screen. And I realize everybody doesn't have a job that allows them to, to just walk it off intentionally all the time. But while you have a lunch, while you have a break, just don't necessarily always just sit down the whole time. Get up and go somewhere else. You know, maybe, if, you know, if you have an hour lunch or some jobs have 30 minute lunches and multiple breaks, you know, make sure that you take some of those breaks just to go walk around or do something different. In other words, detach. Then there's proper diet. You know, if if all you're doing is, is, is not eating anything that's healthy. 
it can catch up with you. You know, now look, I'll be the first one to tell you that I love to eat. I'm I'm a person who loves to eat. I grew up with a with a sweet tooth maternal grandmother who made me cakes and pies and banana puddings and pancakes all the time. Anything you can think of, she loved to cook. And she made sure her, her grandson, who was her favorite person on the planet, was well fed. And I just thank God for my fast metabolism that burns uh, burns off the calories very efficiently. Uh, but but you just got to be mindful. And as and and I'm just going to be just you know humanly honest, um, not necessarily truth honest, but as you, as it relates to the body, I've discovered that you know hey as you age you got to be more mindful of those type of things. You know, are you getting your fruit? Are you getting your vegetables? Are you overindulging? I'm not saying don't eat cake. I'm not saying don't eat cupcakes or whatever. But I am saying is be more mindful. How you know how you know. Drink that water instead of that Pepsi. That's what I'm saying. You know, um, you know, if you got to eat it, do you have to have all? You know, do you have to have the largest portion of everything? You know, do you have to get the you know the the supersized version of all the stuff you want to get? The supersized shake, the supersized fries, the supersized whatever. You have to be mindful of those things because. It pulls on your energy because your body is not being fueled properly. As somebody, well, people used to say, people pay more attention to what they put in their cars than they, what they put into their bodies. So let's make sure, you know, uh, you know, I, even last night as I was e- eating eating a, a a healthy piece of chicken and salad with apples in it, I was like, man, I sure would love some Five Guys right now with a, with a nice big milkshake with whipped cream. But you have to just to be mindful that you have to take care of yourself. Cause I just left from working out and I was like, man, I could just swing by this five guys, get me some, you know, good double cheeseburger, but you have to be mindful. You have to be mindful. Then there's sleep, there's sleep. And I know that there are, you know, speakers and motivational folks who talk about, I only get four hours of sleep a day and you're sleeping your life away. But you have to also have to be mindful that what gets sacrificed in the midst of not allowing the body to get rest? You know, Stephen Covey also wrote many years ago, sometimes people climb the ladder of success and find out that the ladder is on the wrong wall. Let's be mindful. If your health is affected because of your inability to get to exercise, to have a proper diet, or you're not resting, no amount of money might be able to save your health. You know, you could be a person as rich as Steve Jobs, who co-owned and co-created Apple, who gave us the brilliant things like the old Macintosh computer, when computers were, you know, a novelty, the personal computer, who gave us the iPhone and the iPad and the iPod. When he got ill, being one of the richest men in the world didn't stop him from having his body deteriorate. And I'm not saying it's because he didn't sleep or diet or movement. I have no idea. What I am saying is health is wealth. Health is wealth. Because when your health is out of alignment, 
it will take up all of your attention to get it back. That's why it don't make a difference if you're the president of the United States or a prime minister of another country. Everything stops when you get sick. It doesn't make a difference what deal needed to be made, what uh, foreign leader you need to, to communicate with about some urgent matter. When your health is sacrificed, it's an emergency. That's why it's called the emergency room. So as much as you possibly can, make sure that you're getting your sleep. I'm not saying again, sleep 12 hours a day, but six to eight hours you need. You know, there's sometimes when, you know, I'm only getting five, six, whatever. I get that. But it shouldn't be the norm. It shouldn't be the norm. You know, all of us have, you know, done stuff on lack of sleep or your body gets thrown off for whatever reason. But as much as you possibly can, get your body prepared and used to getting a certain amount of sleep and going to sleep at a certain amount of time. And I know that can be challenging. I'm a night owl. So for me, that's something that I'm always working on to make sure I get enough sleep. Because when I first started studying really hard in new thought metaphysics and in the Bible, I was working in grocery as an afternoon to evening cashier. Therefore, I studied at night and in the and in the morning because I would work afternoon to evening. Now you're getting off of work at 11, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. It makes a difference. And I was already a night owl because I have a night owl family. My dad, my uncle, my auntie, my grandparents on my dad's side, all were night owls. So it makes a difference. Now, relaxation. This is another thing you need to be mindful of, that you get a certain amount of relaxation. Again, you don't overextend it. You don't turn a Q2 into a Q4. But you have to have times where you're relaxing because relaxation allows your mind and body to reboot. It allows your brain to reboot from stress. So you have to have times to relax, you know, and sometimes you have to take more intentional efforts. You know, I've had times when uh, I've gone beyond the call of duty. You know, I remember one time I was taking Don yoga. They call it something different now, uh, which is a Korean version of yoga. Where I was just going there just for the stretch, the meditation and the visualization. I was just doing extra stuff. For relaxation. I get a massage every month. It's a part of my self-care, not just my body. It's also self-care for my mind. Why? You go into the place, you, you know, they got the meditative music, they got the table, that's, you know, they got the heat coming off of it. You know, the it, it's an environment for healing. It's peaceful, it's relaxing, your phone is off. Uh, you know, you're not dealing with, you know, work or personal stuff. It creates an opportunity for relaxation. You have to figure out what works for you. I'm a big believer in massages. Let me just put that right out there. For those who don't get massages, uh, do yourself the favor. Even if you got to save you up some money and get them quarterly. Uh, you, trust me when I tell you, it's worth it. It is so worth it. But figure out what you have to do to relax. You know, and again, that could be a, you know, it could be a favorite TV show. It could be reading a book. You know, it could be hanging out 
It could be whatever. But figure out what it is that you need to do to relax. But make sure you get your breaks, including at work, where you just take a break. You know, sometimes, you know, mothers, when they get into the super mom mode, don't relax and take a moment for themselves when they're dealing with their kids. Like, oh, relax. Go out and have some fun. Oh, they can't. They have a hard time taking their brains off of it, which shifts into the other part, which is positive social connections. Your relationships with people matter. You can be fed by being around people that you connect with well. You know, I was, um, you know, recently uh, one of my, my oldest uncle made his transition and the funeral was a couple of Saturdays ago. And I can just being around, you know, and, and everything that's going on right now, you're not around family like you used to be. So just, you know, you know, having, you know, three of my brothers around, you know, seeing some uncles, including one that was from out of town and some of my cousins who don't live here any in the Chicagoland area anymore, uh, felt like an energy booster to me because these are the people who I've had, you know, I grew up with, or I've, you know, obviously I love dearly and just being able to see them and see, you know, the things that's going on with them now and to be able to laugh and joke and talk about different things. And, you know, I can, you know, you know, one of my cousins called me and said, Hey, come on over to your auntie house. We're hanging out. We went over there and we went through family pictures. I'm looking at, you know, grandparents and great grandmother and cousins. And who is this person and whatever. And seeing some of the kids, including myself as, as a small children in some of these pictures, it makes a difference. Make sure you're connecting with people. And here's the thing with, with, uh, the pandemic, which has been so challenging for people's mental health is that folks aren't seeing the people that matter to them the way they used to. You know, this is why, you know, when people say things like, oh, you know, you know, the church is going to be a thing of the past. It's never going to be a thing of the past. It might not have the impact that it might have had in the previous decades and centuries because of the flexibility and freedom and religious plurality. But it will always have a place because people like to be around people. Church, people's uh, neighborhood groups, people's book clubs, work environments, family cookouts. These are things that connect people and they actually fuel your fire. They fuel your brain because those positive connections actually help your health get better. Hugging people. That's one of the things that, you know, that's interesting to me because I'm a hugger. I like to hug people. And that's challenging for me because I'm a big believer that people can get a boost from a good hug. Like, hey, man, you know, you know, I, I used to often joke with one of my little cousins who's uh, deceased now uh, when he was growing up and he got to that stage of his life where, you know, you know, young you know, boys, you know, want to believe that that, you know, I'm tough and I don't do this soft stuff. And I would make sure I was like, every time you see me, you give me my hug and I walk up to him and I wouldn't let him give me like a guy hug. I was like full double arm bear hug and breaks. And after a while, he realized that I wasn't going away. I was going to do it even in front of his buddies. And even though he's deceased, when I see his buddies, that's how they hug me. It matters. Positive social connections. Positive social connections. 
just being with the people that matter the most to you. This is why, you know, us getting past this pandemic and, and whatever needs to happen with vaccinations to get people to, to a level of herd immunity and whatever is so necessary because people need people. We're social beings. We weren't created to just be alone. I'm not saying you have to depend on that, but you are strengthened by who you are around. And if you're around folks who pull you down, who pull your energy down, it's actually affecting your mental and physical health. So feel your fire. Don't burn out. Your brain is your number one asset. All right. Take care of your brain. Take care of your body with your practices. Make sure that you have adequate movement, that you have proper diet, that you're getting good sleep, that you have planned intentional relaxation, and that you have positive, positive social connections, not negative, positive social connections. Don't let anybody bring you down. Create an environment of support that you that will kick in when you need it to kick in. These things matter. These things matter. A lot. So be mindful of what needs to happen for you to do what you need to do. Fuel your fire. That's choice five. Don't burn out. Take care of your brain. Remember, your brain can use up to 20% of your bodily energy when you're using your mind critically. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of energy. So make sure you're taking the time. The only other thing I want to add to this is make sure that you put in some time for prayer and meditation. Prayer and meditation are some of the best practices you can have to refuel your brain and your body. Learn to meditate. Learn to meditate. Get some guided meditations on YouTube or buy some guided meditations. People like Kelly Howell and other folks. And learn what you need to learn to get yourself back in alignment. God bless you. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.